This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Please, I urge you to vote yes on AP 540. You will be affecting many, many lives. It'll only be for the better. Thank you. That's Maria Barrera. She was a high school student just over two decades ago when she testified in a hearing room of the state capitol, asking the lawmakers to pass Assembly Bill 540. Hi, I'm Pablo Espinosa with Look West. In 2001, winning the 10-year-long battle to allow undocumented students to pay in state tuition seemed like a mission impossible. But the late Marco Antonio Fireball, who wrote AB 540, pressed on, telling his colleagues this was a matter of fairness. There are injustices in our system today. You know, members, the rules that exist today for a kid from Arizona or New York are you come to California, you spend a year and a day in the state, you have the intent to make California your permanent home, and you have no permanent residence in any other state or country, and you're a resident of California. We do not intend to change that. Those are rules that apply to kids from all over the country. But those are not rules that apply to kids who go to California schools, graduate from California schools, and want to go to college here in this state. That is unfair, members. You know, as we're talking about this, Mr. Horton handed me a note that I think both speaks to his eloquence and to really the issue before us today. And he said that if you take away the hope of a child, you take away the hope of a society. And I think he's right, members. I ask for your I vote. The clerk will open the roll. All members vote who desire to vote. All members vote who desire to vote. The clerk will close the roll, tally the votes. Ayes 48, noes 14, the measure passes. AB 540 made it to the governor's desk and was signed into law. It changed the futures of hundreds of thousands of people over the next 20 years. I think AB 540 um, became an identity for a lot of us. And, um, and the people started to notice, right? Like we're AB 540 students and made it easy for us to say that without saying I'm undocumented out loud. That's Luis Perez. He became the first AB 540 student to graduate from UCLA's law school. The governor who signed AB 540 just over two decades ago was Gray Davis. When you think about AB 540, what comes to mind, Governor? I think about the American dream. And people all over the world, Pablo, want to come to the United States, many of them California, to go to college, to follow their dream and pursue their passion. And that energy and wisdom and knowledge that they have contributed to our economy in California has been enormous. We'll hear more from former Governor Davis and Luis Perez a bit later in this episode. Current Assemblymember Jose Medina was a high school teacher and community college trustee when AB 540 became law. Well, you know, I I don't think that anybody could have uh, anticipated the impact that this legislation has had. Once the word started getting out there and uh, both high school counselors and community college admissions folks uh, were aware of the law, you know, students really took advantage uh, as, as they should have 
of the law and 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 we saw students going to college uh, in large numbers. I think that it is a, a proud chapter in the state's history and something that we should uh, certainly celebrate. But he says even more could be done to expand on that success. As we move forward, I think it is even perhaps just as important that we take a look. What what is the impact on professional schools, on law school, on medical school? Are students who are undocumented, are they able to attend professional school, be it medical, law, dentistry? And could we do more in that area? We wanted to take a trip back to 2001 and learn about the origins of AB 540. One of the people in the room where it happened was Frank Molina, the chief consultant to the Latino Caucus. Frank sat down with us to talk about the struggles, the students, and the celebrations when AB 540 was finally approved. So October 12, 2022, it will be 21 years since the signing of Assembly Bill 540. What exactly was AB 540? AB 540 was actually a 10-year effort um, to allow for um, non-citizens, immigrant students who uh, under certain meet in certain criteria uh, to be able to pay in-state tuition rather than out-of-state tuition. Uh, the purpose, of course, is to make college affordable. A lot of uh, undocumented students, um, although were qualified and were enrolled in some uh, colleges already and had the grades to be accepted, uh, really weren't able to attend because of the high cost of tuition. As you know, in-state tuition for California residents, citizens, um, is a lot more affordable than out-of-state tuition, both at the CSU, UC, and community college level. So really the purpose and the impetus behind it was to allow these talented um, California residents, most of them had lived there their whole life or for a long time, and yet when they got an opportunity after high school to move on, they didn't they couldn't go because of the affordability factor. And that is Frank Molina, if you don't mind me saying, a veteran of the capital community here in Sacramento, California, been involved in many of these battles to help many of those who didn't have a voice. Uh, you are now an advocate for many different organizations. But uh, way back then, uh, what, were, what was your role in connection with Marco Antonio Fireball, the assembly member who was the author of AB 540. Sure, I got my start um, in 1998 with uh, Senator Richard Polanco, um, and then moved on with Marco. With Marco, I was his chief consultant to the Latino Caucus. Uh, My role was to uh, coordinate legislative efforts, uh, Latino Caucus uh, legislative priorities. AB 540 was one of those priorities, probably at the top of the list, as you can imagine. You said it took 10 years. Yes. It's, um, Senator Polanco, actually, when he was in the Assembly, was the first one to introduce the legislation. I believe it was in 1991. That effort failed, didn't make it to the governor. Mm-hmm. Kept introducing the bill. Uh, when Senator Polanco introduced it, uh, Marco Fireball was an Assembly fellow for him, and he's the one that staffed that legislation. Uh, if you know Marco, you know he came, uh, he was an immigrant, came from Tijuana, so he had a personal vested interest in it. Uh, Richard Polanco did a lot of, lot of great work for our community and all of California for that matter, but in particular, AB 540 was something that 
everybody that worked on it at a staff level uh, had some interest in it. And by that, I mean, we either had a primo, prima, a friend in the family that was in that spot, talented, great students. And yet when it came to be accepted, if you got accepted to a USC, a UC or a CSU, the affordability factor prevented a lot of these kids. And again, we all have some connection or knew someone that wasn't able to take advantage of the opportunity because of the costs. One of those students uh, back then was a young woman, Maria Elizabeth Barrera. Let's take a listen to what she had to say way back then, 21 years ago. I am a living proof of this barrier. I have lived in this country since the age of one, practically my entire life. As we all know, in this society, the key to success is education. I have just currently completed advanced placement classes and honors classes while maintaining a 4.0 GPA. Take your time. 4.0 GPA. Though everything I have accomplished would qualify me for Cal State or UC University, I would not be able to attend the college because of such a high pay of tuition. Please, I urge you to vote yes on AP 540. You will be affecting many, many lives. It'll only be for the better. Thank you. So now you listen to her, and forgive me because I do get emotional, because when I listen to her, I listen to her as a young kid that came here with not much, and as a father. You're a father of a, of a young woman who is also a legislative staffer for Assemblymember Medina. We'll get into that in a bit. How did it feel to listen to her testify through tears? Uh, Heart-wrenching, candidly, uh, brings back memories. It's been a long time, as I said, uh, 20 years ago since the legislation passed. But I remember us um, sitting there when it came back from the Senate for concurrence and Senate amendments. We were all in the office. Um, it was not a sense of relief, but a sense of justice, a sense of fairness, and a real sense of accomplishment that we actually got something done. And again, the governor signed it, and when that happened, it was all hell broke loose. I'll just say that, but in a, in a, in a great way. And Maria graduated uh, from UC Davis. She received her bachelor's in political science and religious studies. Afterward, Maria worked at the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights, CHIRLA. We're going to talk to another young man, Luis Perez, who became the first AB 540 student to graduate from law school at UCLA. He himself had worked for CHIRLA advocating for the rights of other young immigrants like himself or like her. At least there's two, and there's many more that have paid it forward and continue to pay it forward. How important is that for you? Well, the, again, I had the opportunity to go, and uh, I had a lot of folks help me along the way. Um, Senator Polanco gave me my first shot in, in politics in the sense of being a staffer. Um, I've tried to mentor as many people. I've had a lot of great mentors. Marco, I was actually the oldest person in the office, uh, years older than Marco, but I knew how talented he was, how passionate he was, how uh, committed he was to uh not just doing AB 540, but everything he did, he did with grace and honor. So he was a mentor of mine, although a younger man, but 
he was just someone special that I I don't think we'll ever see somebody like him again. It's unfortunate he's not here, but um, he did mentor me. And Polanco mentored me. Others mentored me. Bernie Orozco was a staffer when I came in. I had no legislative experience. He mentored me. To this day, he's one of my best friends, right? Also a, a great picker, raisin picker out of Biola, California. But the, to answer your question again is I've had the good fortune and have been blessed to have been mentored by a lot of talented people, give it an opportunity. Uh, I started it in this business, like I said, in 98, 25 years later, here I am still on my own little firm, but it's important to give back and don't forget where you come from. And Frank, talking about paying it forward, let's hear again from Luis Perez. We heard from him at the top of this episode. We talked with him just recently about the challenges he faced as an undocumented student 21 years ago. Getting through law school was very difficult, but really the journey of me being even being admitted to law school and then graduating on time with my classmates um, was a, a real challenge. Um, I couldn't have done it on my own um, because I didn't really have the resources or the family support to, you know, that some other students that go to law school do have. As you were following the process of Assembly Bill 540, what were your thoughts about the expectation of this bill becoming a reality? Did you think it was going to happen? Um, no, because I have never really seen a law that would that changes or I guess a change in law that would have a, a direct impact in the things that I got to do or, or not being able to do. So yes, it was more like a um, like a dream. Oh yeah, I want to go to college, right? And if this law changes, then I'll be able to go to college, right? But but the actual process of how do you go to college, how do you apply, that was not something in my family history. So I really didn't know what that was going to be like, right? But definitely following um, that process, the legislative process, and then actually seeing a sign into law was definitely something that I felt really attached to, but also with a lot of doubt of how do I now benefit from this? Because I've never, no one in my family has gone to college. So now, now that I have the opportunity to, to go to college because AB 540 made it affordable, like, now how do I go about doing it? Once you graduated, then you also got a job advocating for the rights of other immigrants, uh, such as yourself. Why was it so important to pay it forward? Oh, it was important because if you can remember, uh, Texas had a similar bill uh, like a year or two before California. And the Texas bill included financial aid. California got AB 540 um, to allow students to pay in-state tuition, but it did not include financial aid. And it made it that much more difficult for me and for other folks to afford school, right? It made it more affordable because now we got to pay in-state tuition. But even in-state tuition, it's a lot of money for somebody that comes from low-income families and just doesn't have the savings and the resources to, to pay for school. Um, so it was important for me to continue to fight for what was possible. Um, under AB 540. So I did took an internship um, with the UCLA Labor Center in Sacramento advocating for AB 130 and 131 that allowed both for institutional financial aid and then created the California Dream Act, which is the financial aid package for undocumented students um, in California. And do you think that AB 540 perhaps gave that confidence to many of uh, those students such as yourself to say, yeah, I am undocumented. 
Yes, and I think AB 540 um, became an identity for a lot of us. And, um, and the people started to notice, right? Like we're AB 540 students and made it easy for us to say that without saying I'm undocumented out loud, which was, um, you know, again, like you said, something that a lot of us were not used to saying even admitting that we were undocumented was kind of a taboo. And in many cases, we were ashamed of that. What would Luis Perez now say to the young kid, senior in high school, Luis, was it all worth it, Luis? Of course, of course. There's nothing that I regret. Um, looking back, I think it's all worth it. And I think any sacrifice that we make um, to position ourselves in a better place for ourselves and our families, it's, it's definitely always worth it. Frank, you knew these kids were going to be a success. And these two kids are just the example. They have all done that, and they all continue to, to contribute to other individual lives and therefore to the community and therefore to the state of California and to the United States. That, that, that was not a surprise for people like you guys. Do you think it was a surprise to some of the others that perhaps voted against it back then? Uh, yeah, I, I do think that, um, you know, people like to look the other way and they're uncomfortable when it's something they don't have experience with. I do have to point out that uh, then Assemblyman Abel Maldonado was a Republican who came on and uh, principal co-authored with Marco, so we did have some Republican support. But even Maldonado, he had experience. He's a farmer, you know, immigrant family. So he understood, and I'm sure, like I mentioned earlier, we all were touched either individually or a relative or a friend. So Abel had that experience, and so he dove right into it and really helped advocate and get us some bipartisan support for the measure. But again, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people were surprised. It's like, well, these all these talented kids, where did they come from? Well, now you give them an opportunity, guess what? They're going to take advantage of it and not work people and make things happen. And what was Mission Impossible back then, uh, it, it seems like a common sense policy now, because we, quite frankly, there's a lot more to go, but we have come a long way. How does it make you feel that there's young people that perhaps don't even know what AB 540 is now? Because I don't want to say they take it for granted, but it's just part of their regular life. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's been 20 years, so a lot of these kids that are now graduating and in college weren't even alive, who weren't born at that time, right? But podcasts like this, I hope, uh, let people know that we're, you know, we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. Um, so keeping the story alive and making people aware, I think it's critically important. You know, my parents were both immigrants from Mexico here, but they came for an opportunity. My mother made sure we all had an opportunity to go to college, so we never forget that, right? So I hope people don't forget AB 540. Uh, I hope those original AB 540 students, those first ones like Maria and others that continue to advocate and let people know, okay, you get this opportunity because of the work that came before. And AB 540, at least in California, took 10 years to, to happen in different iterations of the bill. I think the, keeping the story alive and understanding history and why we have these opportunities is critical. When I was a prune picker growing up, I never thought I'd work in the Capitol, you know, much less own my own firm and, you know, a slightly successful firm. But it comes because of the work that others before me, others before Fireball Polanco, that came before them that introduced the idea. But, yeah, understanding history and keeping it alive is critically important. To bring it back full circle... Your daughter is the legislative director to Assemblymember Jose Medina, who has implemented the newest version of the DREAM Act, which wants to do what and how does it make you feel? 
Well, yeah, um, Kira's my oldest daughter, and interestingly enough, uh, just a little background, when uh, I was a staffer and working campaigns, she was the most reluctant one to go, a door hang and whatnot, but she found a passion herself in, in policy work and really helping other people. Spent about 10 years in Soames, as you know, and uh, moved over as a legislative assistant to Jose Medina, uh, became LEDGE director, very proud of her. She does great work, very passionate. But she's the one that staffed the bill that Medina passed on uh, ethnic studies. And as you know, it was vetoed uh, one year and then uh, signed. So the, uh, the work that she's done there is uh, incredible. Um, from doing the uh, AB 540 to now the ethnic studies as a requirement at higher education for people to understand, really, the Latino community specifically, but... Uh, the struggles, and I'm hopeful that AB 540 will be part of that curriculum as people understand and know the history of it. But uh, to have Kira come into public policy work and, and really do a great job is a blessing, and I couldn't be more proud of her. As you heard from Frank, there were many, many people who worked diligently for years to get AB 540 approved. Governor Gray Davis was the last step. We caught up with him via Zoom in his Los Angeles office. Let me take you back to October 12, 2001. Uh, and when you think about AB 540, what comes to mind, Governor? I think about the American dream. And people all over the world, Pablo, uh, want to come to the United States, many of them California, to go to college, to follow their dream and pursue their passion. And that energy and wisdom and knowledge that they have contributed to our economy in California has been enormous. Uh, we really are a nation of immigrants. There's no more place, in, no more welcoming place in, Cal, uh, in America than California. Uh, and so shortly after 9-11, a number of laws were passed. There was kind of an anti-immigrant sentiment. This wasn't a bunch of immigrants. This was a bunch of people from Saudi Arabia that came to attack our country. Uh, and so while I supported much of the Patriot Act, I was in the Vietnam War myself, I definitely did not like the fact that if you came here, went to high school, graduated, got into college on your own merits, you had to pay twice as much tuition as any other California resident. That struck me as unfair, un-American, and I'm just honored that I could have worked with uh, former or the late Marco Firebaugh, Assemblyman Firebaugh, to craft a piece of legislation that remedied that ill uh, to make that change. And I think as of uh, a year or so ago, 23 other states had followed our lead. So I'm, I'm so privileged to work with Marco. I'm so sad that uh, he left us shortly after the passage of that bill, but his legacy will live for a very long time. Governor, and arguably nowadays, this legislation is certainly a no-brainer, but it, it wasn't back then. Back then, uh, uh, many thought it was impossible to to attain this. Uh, uh, take us back to the atmosphere outside of where you were about how difficult it was really to even bring it up back then. You know, I cannot overemphasize the fear and uncertainty caused by the attack on 9-11. We hadn't been attacked, Pablo, since um, Pearl Harbor in, in the 1940s. Uh, and it's obviously easy to 
blame somebody else. Uh, they put the blame on immigrants. And it was hard to do anything progressive uh, in terms of immigrants. But we, we made a very big first step. And I knew in my heart of hearts that over the years, uh, other concessions uh, and benefits would be forthcoming to immigrants. But we had to make it financially possible for them to take step one, which was go to the college they got they got into on their own merit. At the time, were you aware how transformative it would be for the lives of so many people, your signature on that piece of paper? I would like to say yes to that, but I want to say yes with a caveat. Two things. I believe in the power of education to transform lives, and I believe in the power of some adult believing in you. And if you have those two forces working for you, there's no telling how far you can go. And Governor, we're going to be also having one of our guests in this episode, um, a young man who back in the day became the very first AB 540 student to graduate from law school from UCLA. His name is Luis. Uh, he had been a, a legislative advocate for Chirla, and now he's actually a staffer for one of the state agencies in Los, in Los Angeles. So he is just a, an example of uh, the kind of contributions that they've been able to to do and continue to do for the state, thanks to the work of Assemblymember Marco Fireball and your signature. If you had an opportunity, and I know you don't know him, sir, but he's just a symbol. What would you say to Luis? I would say, Luis, I'm 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 proud of you. Uh, you've come a long ways, but you can go a lot farther. And the way you say thank you uh, is to reach out to someone coming behind you and mentor them and share with them whatever wisdom or whatever uh, knowledge you've acquired on, on your journey. You know, a lot of people say that all good things that happen in the United States first happened in California and first came out of Sacramento and out of the Capitol. Uh, AB 540 certainly, as you mentioned, was one of them. So that's what we name actually quite candidly our podcast, Look West, because we feel that the country can always look west for solutions and for initiatives uh, that are precedent making. And, but let me tell you why that is. Uh, in part, it's people are open, uh, more cooperative, more uh, accepting. And as I say, it's like something in the DNA. But we have some advantages that are just hard to overstate. So California has 13 research universities. Massachusetts has seven. No other state has more than five. In addition to that, we have two national labs with 5,000 scientists who have, all they do is invent stuff. So if you want to, if you want to invent the future, there is no place even close to California. You just absolutely have to be here. And there's all kinds of people who come out here, automobile companies, uh, logistics companies, uh, chemical companies, uh, medical companies, an awful lot of therapeutics, vaccines, medical breakthroughs are done here. Remember Maria Barrera, the high school student who tearfully encouraged lawmakers to pass AB 540? We tracked her down and asked her to reflect on that time in her life and how AB 540 changed hers. It, like, makes me sad still. And it's kind of dense, it's kind of complex. It makes me sad, one, because it's still happening, like not, 
every state in the United States has an AB 540. So undocumented students are still um, having difficulty. Um, so many laws have passed since then, but that situation still exists. There's still like a youth somewhere who's feeling helpless, who's feeling um, frustrated. And then um, the other analysis like is it's painful to hear because it reminds me of how um, disenfranchised people or oppressed people always have to put their pain on display in order to be understood, in order to be believed. And um, in the moment though, um, in the actual moment, I, I was very empowered. Um, so in terms of like putting myself the back in those shoes, um, I was very excited. I was nervous. Um, I was definitely not anticipating that I would cry. <laughs> um, maybe a little bit, but I was like in those deep choking, like in between breaths. Um, but I love that I still, can I cuss on this? Like, I still, I love that I still delivered, you know, like in between my breaths, I was like, I was still being like clear and cut because I felt that, like, I felt like I need to tell these mofos, like what is happening and this is my chance. So like, even though I was like crying and taking deep breaths in between, I didn't skip, skip a beat. And, and I think that was intuitive but that was also intentional. Like, I just knew that was my chance, you know? Um, so yeah, that's what it feels like to even listen to that little snippet. Maria is proud of California's effort to help her and the millions of other immigrant students. I personally um, have seen how California shapes politics across the state and in part I'm mean, across the nation and in particular obviously education for the undocumented so I still firmly believe that California does that and will consistently do that because we are we we are a state that actually cares about its immigrants and so yeah I I don't know. I, I don't think I'll ever move. I love California. This is this is my home and and, and I feel like it represents who I am uh, as a woman, as a woman of color, as a professional now, as a business owner. I feel like um, this state has my back. And so, yes, I think California will always be a leader in education and progressive um, issues. A very special thank you to Maria, Luis, Frank and Governor Davis for taking us on this trip to the past and understanding how it's shaping our futures. I'm Pablo Espinosa with Look West. Gracias por escuchar. The Look West podcast is produced by California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west.